Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. We welcome you. We welcome you. You want you desire to be welcomed, Lord. And so we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our hearts, God. We we welcome you into our hearts. We sh- we allow you to come and speak to us. We allow you to come and dwell inside of us to reveal to reveal your your heart to us in a greater way, in a greater depth, Lord. We leave everything that we came in here tonight with at the door. And we say yes. We say yes. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender the things that we think we know to you so that you can come and move and so that you can come and do what only you can do, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So I'm going to try to communicate this the best that I can. So bear with me. And I don't need your feedback. I don't need, because like I know that when I'm sitting in my seat, my face isn't always like, saying the things that I'm necessarily feeling. So I got, I have grace for you guys. I have like it. I have a lot of grace for you, but like, if you want to give me a head nod here and there, or like a, yeah, that's cool. You know, <laughs> like that's cool. I, I welcome that. I don't need that. I don't need that, but I welcome that. But your face, you, you can just be how you are. <laughs> I get it. Some people think I'm mad all the time. I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm really good. Like it's just what my face looks like. I probably should. I probably should work on that. And then Pastor Charles like, "Hey, if you're happy and you need to know it, let your face show it." And I'm like, ah, "I'm happy. I'm happy." So, or a smile when I look at it in your direction, you can be like, "Oh, that's good." Anyways, as I was preparing for tonight, I tried to stray away from what the Lord was wanting to do, just because I was like, "Oh." Gosh, for many reasons, but here I am, and we're back to what he wanted to do. Because as I was going throughout my week, he like made it so clear, like that this is what he wanted to communicate, and it's on love. We're going to talk about love tonight. And so, if your mind went, "Oh, great, love!" like I can't wait for that mindset to be shattered. That Lord's going to shatter familiarity, and just even the word love. I think that it can be. I I can get like cringy. You know, it's like, ooh, you know, love. Like, not because of, like, anything other than I, I always think of 1 Corinthians 13, you know. And I need to, like, shatter that mindset because that's being familiar with what, with what God's doing. So anyways, he made it so clear to me, like, by paintings on my wall and preachings and songs. And it was just, like, it's not just, like, oh, I was reading the Bible and I know that God loves me. No, it was, like, super clear. So... I decided that it's best to be obedient. What's God saying? So Pastor Shar has been preaching a lot about our heart. A lot about our heart, the way that we see things, the, the things that we allow into us, the condition of our heart, the, the soil of my heart. You know, how many know that what we allow into our heart, like, determines the way that we see things. So our heart is actually the lens that we live our life from. So if I allow offense or if I allow bitterness in, that's the lens that I'm going to see everything from. And unfortunately, it actually affects like all my relationships. You know, like when you, when you, allow, when you allow those things in, you, we don't understand the, the level that, that, that operates in our heart. 
You know, so if I allow offense in, if Anna offended me, now I see my husband through an offense. You know, now I see Bobby through an offense. Now it's easier to pick up offense because I'm already offended, you know, or somebody like cause, nobody can cause me to be bitter, but if somebody hurts my feelings and I like allow bitterness in my heart, then I just see everything else through the lens of bitterness. It's easier for me to be offended or it's easier for me to pick up bitterness in my heart because I'm already bitter. You know, so it really does determine the way that we live our life in all of our relationships and everything that we do. So our heart is the lens. Our lens is the heart. What the? Our heart is the lens that we see from. So, okay, let's get that straight. Let's get that straight. So in Matthew 15, 18, I think. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys are all smiling and you're doing a great job. Thank you. No, I was joking. Um, so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I've, we've heard this said, maybe not, but we've heard it said here often that what's inside of us comes out. So whatever, whatever's inside of us, the conversations that we're having in our heart and in our mind, even if they're silent, they eventually will come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that means that whatever conversation I'm having on the inside of my heart and on the inside of my mind, it matters. It really, really, it really, really matters. So Pastor Shar has been preaching on, the, on guarding your heart, guarding your heart. Proverbs 4.23, to guard your heart above all else because from there, like, determines the course of your life. So it's super important, the, the value to guard our heart, the value to guard our heart and um, to guard it because that's the lens and that's how I'm going to see and deter, picture everything in my life. And I was thinking about this. How many deer hunters are in here? Did you go today? No. Wow. That says a lot because all of the deer hunters aren't here. No. <laughs> I was sitting with my dad this morning in the stand, and um, we, were, we were talking about um, David, and we were talking about when Samuel went to anoint David. And um, it's cool because there was, what was the father's name? Jesse? Yeah, so Jesse brings out his sons, but he didn't bring all of them. He left one. And so Samuel is like, oh, I think this is the one. And the Lord, the Lord said, don't judge by the outward appearance, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the way that you see. People judge the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so no, the ones that he brought out weren't the ones. The ones that he, the ones that was in the field that he didn't bring out was the one. That, that he anointed, right? Like that's not a coincidence. Why the Lord looks at the heart. Why was, what, what was, what was the condition of David's heart? David was in the field, like spending time with the Lord, you know, cultivating that relationship with the Lord. Like he was, he was close to the Lord. So the, the condition of our heart really, I think one way that we can guard our heart is to be close to the Lord. One way that we can guard our heart, because I hear that often is like, okay, well, how do I guard my heart? How do I practically guard my heart? Because I'm a practical person. And one practical way that we can guard our heart is to remain close to the Lord. It's saying that God, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. You know, like I may appear like I have everything good. Like he's like, the Lord looks at the heart. You know, like that's just so powerful. It's super, super powerful. So it's important to stay close to the Lord because David, David was close to the Lord. David had a relationship with the Lord. It's important that we remain close to the Lord because when we remain close to the Lord, 
our heart is guarded. Our heart is naturally like going to be tender, be tender to those things. They're going to be, it's going to be sensitive. It's going to be aware when I allow an offense into my heart because I'm close to the Lord. Like I don't need somebody to tell me necessarily what I'm doing wrong if I have a relationship with the Lord and I listen to his conviction. You know, like if I have a relationship with the Lord, I don't need somebody to tell me that I just snapped at someone. You know what I mean? Like the Lord will tell me very clear as day if I listen to him. You know, like I'm just saying. I mean, if I don't listen to the Lord, that's one thing. And then I allow someone to correct me. Please correct me. I'm not saying I'm not like humble to receive a correction. I'm very humble to receive a correction like if I need to. But if we have a relationship with the Lord, like we should be humble to receive his correction first. And that's, what, that's where authority is beautiful because if we don't listen to his correction and his nudging and, his, and the conviction, then authority can step in in our lives, someone that has placed in that authority over us, and they can be like, hey, I don't know if you realize that you just snapped on that person, you know, or whatever the case may be. So I'm not saying, I'm just, I need to clarify that. So the closer that I am to the Lord, the more understanding that I have of his heart. People don't deserve to be loved from the flesh me. You know what I mean? The one, like the me that is led by my flesh. Like nobody deserves to be led or to be encountered by the flesh us. Everyone that we encounter, everyone that we come into contact with, everyone that's in our life, our family, our spouse, our, our kids, our coworkers, anybody, the one that we don't even know at the store, they deserve to encounter the spirit led me. And they will encounter the Spirit-led me when I am close to the Lord. They will encounter the love of the Father when I, Bill, I, you're laughing and it really, <laughs> I need, keep it going, keep it going. People, anyways, people deserve to be loved by the, not by the flesh me, but they deserve to be loved by the Spirit-led me. And that's the one that has, has been consumed by the love of the Father. So as I was praying this week, the Lord um, laid on my heart, obviously, love. And it's super timely because our hearts have, be, have been being tilled for this moment. Our hearts have been being prepared for this night. Our hearts have been being prepared for this weekend. You know, we don't just come to celebration on Saturday night and Sunday morning because it's something that we have to do. No, we get to come here and we get to encounter God and we get to hear a timely word that's from heaven. And so tonight, I pray that any, anything that we think that we know about love, that we would lay it aside and hear the fresh word that the Lord wants to speak. And so he wants to deposit that, that fresh and current word. And I was really thrown off by... by um, him wanting to, me to speak on love because I was caught up in how basic it might sound and how fundamental it might sound and how like, it's just, oh, it's just love. I was so caught up in that. That's why I was trying to like veer off and try to like, Lord, are you sure you don't want to do something else? Like, you know, we could all come up with something in our flesh of something that the Lord wants to speak on, you know, but he, I want to do what he wants to do and that's talk about love. And so it's not basic. It's not fun. It is a fundamental, but it's so deep. You know, if we can really understand and grasp what the Lord wants to communicate about love. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. So I was talking earlier about a way to, a way to guard our heart is to stay connected to the Lord. And do you guys have your Bibles? That's great. We're going to turn to Matthew 15. You know, I was doing a, I'm taking some girls through a cell leadership training. 
And I love the Bible app. I love the Bible app because you can you can see the tra- you can see many different translations all the time, you know, and it can read to you. I love the option where it reads to you. And I turn it on the 2x speed. I know I can barely understand what the person's saying, but it, I fly through the Bible, man. Like, well, that's not all the time, but that's sometimes. Um, but I think that sometimes when we have the Bible app on our phone and we don't, we don't have our paper Bible, um, it can distract us. Our phones are super distracting. And so I think that um, it's not to like be come down on anyone. I literally do. I just, I do it. But it's important that we have a paper Bible so that we don't get distracted by maybe a text message that comes in while I'm reading the Bible or a Facebook message or something. So that's just a side note, just a side note. Okay, Matthew 15, verse 8. In the Passion Translation. It says, these people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are so very distant from me. How many have heard this before? We can honor with our words, but our hearts can still be so very far from. The resting posture of my heart should be honoring to the Lord. The resting posture of my heart should be honoring to the Lord. So the conversations that I'm having in my heart should be honoring to the Lord. When I'm at my home, just chilling, my resting heart posture should be honoring to the Lord. When I'm at the grocery store or somebody, whatever, like whatever happens, my resting heart posture should be honoring and pleasing to God. It should always be pleasing to God. And I think that it's important that we don't just like, we don't just say that we honor God or we don't, we don't say we, we just love God and not attach anything else with that. Because words, words, he, what it's pretty much saying is words are great, but actions are greater. You know, like you honor me with, you honor me with your lips. You say that you love me. You say that you, you know, you'll submit to me. You say that you surrender to me. You say that you want my heart. You say, you say you value my time. You say that you value what I have to say to you, but you don't come and spend time with me. That's just an example, but you say that you surrender to me, but you won't give up that, that part. That's really hard to give up. You know, he's saying like, we can, we can say things for, we can say things all day, but like, we can still be so very distant. Like I can, I can have a relationship with my husband and we can be physically close to each other. Like in the physical, like I can be right here, but I can still be super distant from him. It's, it's a heart posture. It's like the posture of my heart. Where is my heart at? Is my heart close to him or is my heart distant from him? You know, like I can, I can be, I can be in the same room as someone and still be so distant from you. You know, like we, we say these things, but he, what he wants is our heart. He wants us to be close in relationship. He wants us to be close. He wants to know what's going on in our heart. He wants to know what's going on in our life. He doesn't just want us to say, oh, I welcome you into my heart and then never, ever spend time with him. Never, ever even acknowledge him or open my Bible or allow him to consume me or allow him to convict me. He wants to have a relationship in the distance. There can still be, a, even if I'm close, there can still be a distance and it's because of my heart. You know, like, have you ever like taken offense from somebody and you can still be sitting right next to them and you, your heart is like, I have, I don't want nothing to do with you. You know, like that, that's like, 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a posture of your heart. You know, we need to make sure our heart is good. We need to make sure our heart is, our resting heart posture is pleasing and honoring the Lord. So, so like I said, to put it in, to put it into like comparison would be like a, a marriage or like a friendship, you know, you can't really have, I don't know, I don't want to say like a fruitful relationship with somebody if you're going to have that distance in your heart. You know, if I say, Janae, I, I love you, but I don't make any effort to ever spend time with Janae or to hear what she's going through or to hear her heart or to want to get to know her, like that's, that's distance. You know, it comes with, it comes with the physical and it comes with the distance in my heart. It's, it's spiritual for sure. But he wants us, he wants our words to align, our actions to align with our words. So honor is just a word until there's actions attached to it. That would be like, hey, um, I love you. And making an effort to spend time with you and not spending time with you or, you know, canceling on my time with you. That's, that's not honoring. You know, that's not what he wants. He wants, he wants us. And I believe that the Lord's love language, I know some of you are like, oh, love language. The love language is awesome. If you have not taken the love language test, you should. And I know that some people like don't love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. I know that some people don't like it. But the thing is, is love isn't about us. <laughs> love is not about us. And so it really is a helpful tool and a helpful guide to know how to love somebody better. You know, so if my, my husband's love language is words of affirmation, then I'm, I'm able to affirm him in that. If I, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> getting better. But, um, yeah, the love language is not for us. It's for other people, you know. So if my husband takes a love language test, it helps me to understand how to love him better. And so the love language test, I believe that the Lord's love language is all five of them. Gifts, service, words, time, and touch. The Lord loves them all. He's not like, oh, I like words better. No, he's like, I like them all. I want you to come and spend time with me. I want you to tell me your heart and I want you to let me know how much you're whatever, love me. I want your, I want a gift and I want it to be you. I want you to serve because you love me. I want you to, what was the last one I didn't touch? Touch? Yeah. <laughs> what was the last one I didn't touch? Touch. Um, he wants us to, <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. He wants us to give him a hug. No, I don't know. No, but really, really. In Matthew, Matthew 15, 8, in the easy to read version, it says, these people honor me with their words, but I am not really important to them. Love is not works. So I'm not saying that, I, this is not what I'm saying, that you need to do more things to show God that you love him. Because love is not works. You don't have to do one. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You can get saved and you can sit here. You can come to the celebration on the weekends. You can go to your cell group and that can be it. You, love is not works. Love is not works. He is love and he wants you to love him. That's it. Like love is not works. You don't have to do anything else to like earn his love or to like be pleasing in his eyes. 
by just being you, you are enough. That's it. I want that to make that clear. Love is not work. So it's not going and being like, okay, what needs are there in the church? I need to meet these because she said that, you know, he wants me to serve more. No, that's not it. No, he just wants you. He just wants you. He wants you to love him and he wants to love you in return. And I think that we need to understand that in order to love well, we need to understand that he first loved us. In 1 John, it says, we can love because he first loved us. He first loved us. And so I need a revelation of his love so that I can better love everybody that's around me. This probably sounds, I'm not going to say it. This sounds awesome. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. I'm realizing to, um, never mind. <laughs> Just be like sure of what you're saying. You do ever like add something to like, oh, I mean, if you want to, or if that, if that works for you, that's like not being sure of what you're saying. We need to be sure of what we're saying. You know, we need to be confident that the thing that God is teaching us, the thing that God has laid on our hearts, whether that's if you're in a meeting with somebody or you're hanging out with your friend group or whatever, like be sure of what you're saying because you're confident, you know, and if you're not, and if you don't feel it, just know that you are because it's him and you, it's him and you. So that's what I'm telling myself right now. It's him and me. Come Lord, do what you can do. No, I'm joking. I'm not joking, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Have you guys ever heard that song? Have you guys ever heard the song Lean Back? If you have not, I, I encourage you. Well, okay, if you have, I encourage you to write it down. Listen to the song. This is like your, this is your assignment. Pastor Rob's given us assignments to um, do his like structured prayer if, it, if we haven't. This is my assignment to you. Go home and, re and listen, not read, listen to Lean Back by Maverick City. That's it. That's my assignment. And you'll understand what I'm saying. There's been this spontaneous part of that song. Amanda Cook starts saying, I thought I knew what love was. I thought I knew what love was, but she's saying, but it's so much better. And not that I didn't have, not that I didn't know the love of God because I know I experienced the love of God as I've allowed him into my heart. But when she was saying, but it's so much better, I was like, okay, it really challenged me to ask the Lord then what does your love, what does your love look like? You know, what is your love? And before I tell you where we're going to turn, I want to encourage you guys to like lay aside all the things. I've said this before we started to lay aside the things that you've heard about love to lay aside the first Corinthians 13. Cause that's where we're going to turn. I know that when I, when I was growing up, I, um, we, we memorized, we memorized songs. We were singing songs about, you know, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And so you guys probably hear first Corinthians 13, not all of you, but you might hear it and you're like, yeah, I know that, you know, like love is patient, love is kind, you know, like, and you might have a good heart about it. But I think that sometimes when we, when we think that we know something, we don't turn to that place in the Bible because we already know it. And that's, that's familiarity. And technically it's probably pride. You know, it's like, oh, I already know that. I already know that what it says, it says it's love is patient, is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking. I already, I already know that. So when the Lord, when I asked him what love looks like and he, to, he told me to turn to 1 Corinthians 13, I literally had to repent. 
I had to repent for my thinking. I had to repent for what I was like. I was like, really? First Corinthians 13, I could sing that. You know, like, <laughs> I could sing that. You don't want me to do what I could. Um, but it really, it was, it was pride in me. You know, the Lord wants to shatter familiarity. When he, when, if we look at this word and we're like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I, I know that part. I have that part um, highlighted and underlined. That's pride. He wants us to remove that. He wants us to be able to open his word and have a fresh revelation of what he's speaking now. Because what the revelation that you have about love two years ago is going to be the different than the revelation he wants to give you now. Because what he's doing now is fresh, it's new, and he wants to shatter all wrong perspectives because he wants his word to be exciting, fresh, and it's going to be exactly what you need. It's going to be exactly what you need, 100% what we need. And because we need, we need a revelation of the 1 Corinthians 13 love. We need to be the 1 Corinthians 13 love, and we need to have a better understanding and a revelation of what he's talking about, what the verse is talking about, about that. Okay, so we're going to read it. We're going to read it. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to break it down too. And... Um, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So um, I just want to let you know that you guys can read it for, from wherever you want because all of them are good. You know, I was, another reason why is because when we go to weddings, okay, we all probably have like multiple weddings a year. You know, it, this is always the one that's read. You know, and when we've, we've um, done weddings, they... Sometimes it's like, yeah, please, I, I don't, if you could not read 1 Corinthians 13, you know, I don't blame you at all. But that's why we need a revelation of 1 Corinthians 13. And so I hopefully when you leave this church building, first of all, you're going to be different. Second of all, you're going to have that shattered mentality and you're going to want to go home and read and study 1 Corinthians 13 in Jesus name. <laughs> or you're going to be like, I don't ever want to read that again after she did. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. 1 Corinthians 13, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. I don't know what you guys, but that literally, that was so, when I read that, it was insane. And I'm just going to break something down for you guys. Um, let's see. Okay, so it says, love is not easily irritated. And in the footnotes in the Passion Translation, it says, or overly sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Love is not easily irritated or overly sensitive. Okay. Um, or quick to take offense. And in the footnotes, it says, or resentful. 
or does not keep score. And it can be translated to love does not stare at evil. Love will overlook offenses and remain focused on what is good, refusing to hold resentment in our hearts. So good. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. In the footnotes, it says it never loses faith. It never loses faith. Did this just like, did this click for anyone or do I try to read it again? Oh, I should do it again. Oh, oh he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love is large and incredibly patient. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love looks like something. Love looks like patience. When somebody's rude to you, you're patient. Why? Because love is patient and love is inside of us. Love lives inside of us. So when somebody's rude, love is patient. And I need to remember that, but it's not just patient. It's incredibly patient. So when someone wrongs you time and time and time again, it is incredibly patient. It is large. What do you guys think it means by large? Large. It's large. Yeah. Lord, okay. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. We need to be consistent. You know, one day that coworker that's being rude to you, you're one day you're like, oh, it's okay, I love you. The next day you're like, don't be rude to me. I don't want that. The next day you're like, it's okay, I love you. The next day you're like, don't be like that. You know, we need to be consistent. And love is consistent. Love is consistent. Love is consistently kind to everybody. Okay. It refuses to be jealous. In the footnotes, it says, or boil with jealousy. So it refuses. It refuses to be jealous. We have, it means that there's going to be many opportunities for us to be jealous. There's going to be many opportunities where someone gets what you wanted, but you didn't get it. It didn't come to you. It's going to come to you. The promises of God never fail and they never will, but it will come to you, but it didn't come to you in that moment. It refuses. It's a choice. Being jealous is a choice. Choosing to take offense, that's a choice. Anyways, but it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. That blessing that you've been contending for, that blessing that you've been wanting, you've been desiring, that came to somebody else that's in your life, celebrate them. Celebrate them. Purely. You know, like be genuinely celebrating them. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. You don't need own honor. You don't need to ask for honor. You don't need to like want or desire honor. Like we don't need to do that because the Lord's going to honor and he's going to lift you up. He's going to be the one that's going to elevate you. You don't need to elevate yourself. You don't need, you don't need to do those things. Actually, it's a waste of time to try to elevate yourself. It's going to be so exhausting to try to elevate yourself. The Lord is the one that elevates. We just need to lay it down. We need to lay it down. But love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or overly sensitive. I don't know about you guys, but we have many opportunities to get easily irritated or overly sensitive. Women. 
hey, I get it. I get you. Okay, some, some guys too. Yeah, I don't know who, we, but I, I believe that it's out there. I'm not going to look up at any wives because they're probably like, this one, no, I was joking. But love is not easily irritated. We have the opportunity. You want to know what's crazy? It's like, okay, Lord, help me to love through your eyes. Help me to love through your heart. You know, when we pray something, he's going to give us opportunities. He's not just, we're not just going to miraculously like be able to see through his eyes. No, we're going to have an opportunity to see through his eyes. Whether or not I take it, I take it. So love is not easily irritated. And when I can see and love through the eyes and the heart of the Lord, the irritation will become less. The irritation will still be there, but I will have a grace for it. Yep. Or quick to take offense. Yep. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. You know that when we are a safe place for somebody that they're going to come to us because they believe that we're, we're a safe shelter for them. We need to be that. And what, when people come to us, that's because they see love. That's because they see Jesus, which they should. They see the love of God in us. That's why they want to come to us. Love is a safe place for shelter. We should be safe places for people because we have the love of the Lord inside of us. It's, it should be burning and boiling inside of us. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. So after time, after time again, where you feel like you're just getting beat, you're getting beat, you're getting beat, you're loving, but you're still getting beat. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's at, at your job, whether you're being taken for granted in a relationship or whatever you're doing, whether you feel like you're not being seen and you're being beat, don't give up because love never gives up. Love never gives up. The Lord never gives up on us. And he is love. God is love. We can love because he first loved us. God is love. And so love never gives up on us. As far when we drift, when we go away from the Lord, he never gives up on us. He's still there. He's still after our hearts. He never gives up on us. So we can never give up on anything that we're, you know, because he's with us. He's with us. He's in us. So don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Love never stops loving. Never, 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 never stops loving. So why do you guys think that he took me here? It was, it was obviously to show me like his love, his heart, but it was also to show me how I should be loving others. Because when I have a revelation of his love, I can love. You know, when I, when I don't have a re revelation of love, I love from something that I think is a revelation of love, you know, something that like I, I have come up with in, in my mind and I'm whatever. I need his revelation of love. I need this revelation of love. I need this to sink into my heart so that I can truly love people the way that they deserve to be loved. So I think that I, I was meditating on this. I think that sometimes we, we treat people the way that we think they deserve to be treated. <laughs> you wronged me, so now I'm going to ignore you. You know, like what? What? That's my way of thinking that they deserve to be treated. That's my way of thinking that's the way that they deserve to be loved. I need to, wait, I need to lay my way aside and take the Lord's way for it. They deserve to be loved the way that Jesus loves us. Jesus didn't just die on the cross for me. 
He died on the cross for the one that's wronging me, for the one that's hurting my feelings, for the one that's putting me aside, for the one that doesn't see the purpose in my life, for the one that is rude to me all the time. Jesus died for them too. Whether, whether or not they know that, whatever, they're going to know, they're going to know that because we are going to show them the love of the Lord, you know, but if I can, if I constantly am like, you wronged me, now I'm going to ignore you or you wronged me. Now I'm going to push you aside. You know, I'm going to show you what it feels like. You know, we have like this retaliation mentality and we don't, we should not have a retaliation mentality. We need to love others the way that the Lord loves them. And how are we going to better love others the way that the Lord loves them is being close to Jesus and knowing his heart, having a revelation of what love looks like, knowing that his heart is for even the one that wronged me and being like, no, that's, that's not who they are. That's, it's not them. It is not them. I'm going to tell you why. Ephesians six twelve, in the NLT, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So when someone wrongs you, when somebody is rude to you, when somebody like is tearing you down, you can understand that it's not them. It's, some, it's, it's bigger than that. It is not them. And we're called to love our neighbor. We're called to love them. Even when. Even when, even when, even when, is everyone doing okay? I've got so much here, but I'm not going to get through it. So I'm just deciding where, where, when I was in Argentina um, last time, I, I was not like in the best season of my life. I think like I had been wrestling with a lot of things like leading up to that trip and like just before that trip. And when I went there, I received an insanely hard, pointed, loving word from Apostle Martin. And, um, <clears throat> but after that, he, we were like, there was like, how many do you think, like 600 kids, 800, something like that. I mean, this massive room filled with young adults and the majority of them only spoke Spanish. I mean, there was probably like a handful that spoke English. I was sitting in the front row and, um, he, after he gave me this hard word in front of everybody, but thankfully it was in English. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> you know, so the, the other six to 800 kids that were like, wonder what he's saying. I'm like, thank God. <gasps> thank God. He, they have no idea that he's calling me out so hard right now. Okay. They probably did, but he's, he's super intense. So, um, he grabs me, he pulls me in the front and like, that's no exaggeration. Like he, he was like, it was a, like a time of ministry and there. It's really intense. He grabbed me, he pulls me in the front and apostle Kim was sitting next to me and he grabs her and he's like, impart to her. And I was like, Oh God, impart to me, please. So give me <laughs> This was after I had received this intense word. Like, then now I'm going to be getting more intenseness from Apostle Kim. Like, it was just crazy. One thing she said to me, though, um, she was like, what are you going to do when you go home? And I was like, and Jake was standing close by. I don't remember what time this was at, but she, what are you going to do when you go home? And Jake's like, because I wasn't saying anything. 
I don't want to say something and be like, well, that wasn't the right thing to say. So I just didn't say anything. Sometimes it's better to say nothing. Okay. Let's just say that. And I didn't say anything. And Jake's like, well, you got a lot of laundry to do probably. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Break the ice a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of laundry to do. So then I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll probably have a lot of laundry to do. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, what you're going to do is you're not going to focus on if others are loving you or not. What you're going to do is focus on loving other people. She's like, if you, don't, if you, if you focus on if others are loving you or not, you're going to fall into a, a, a pit of isolation. She's like, I was, I was like mind blown because I think that sometimes we crave the love from other people, but really the, the love of the Lord, like he died for all of us. He died for you and he died for me. And there's a lot of people that need to know the love of God. There's a lot of people, even us in here, you know, and we're the ones that get to represent Jesus. We're the ones that get to reflect Jesus. And how are we reflecting Jesus? Jesus is love. He is love for God. So loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die for you and to die for me. When he was hanging on that cross, you were the one that was on his mind. You were the one that was in his thoughts. You were the one that was on his heart for you and for me. And there's a lot of people that need to know that. And we, we get the honor, we get the privilege to show people what the love of Jesus looks like. And it looks, it does look like something. The love of God looks like something. It looks like something. And so like what Apostle Kim was saying, it's important for us too that we don't get consumed by whether or not somebody's loving me. When somebody, when your husband or your wife like maybe gives you an attitude or reacts at you or responds or like lashes out at you. Have you guys seen the movie War Room at Pastor Rob? Okay, when that, when he lost his job and he comes in to tell his wife and he's like, I need to have a conversation with you. And they're like, okay. And she was like sitting down. He's like, I lost my job. I got fired. And she's like, okay, you know, that's okay. And like, she responded super patient. She responded super loving. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? Like something, something happened to you. It's important that we respond in a loving way. Not necessarily like, so if my husband, if I were to lash out at my husband, it's important that my husband like responds in such a patient way. You know, it's important that he, that he sees, like he, he doesn't treat me the way that I deserve because I probably in that moment deserve to be like punched or something, you know, like <laughs> want to fight? You want to fight? You know, like, no, don't fight me. Don't fight me. Um, but I probably deserve something more than that. But what I, but when we can have an understanding that that's not them and that I can love them through the heart of the Lord, I don't even know if this is making sense. I'm trying to communicate this. But it's like up here, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But communicating, I'm like, I don't know why that makes sense. We need to love even if people mistreat us. We need to love them because they deserve the love of Jesus, not the love of me, not the love of my flesh. You don't want that. Anyways, could I get a piano or a, can I get a piano player or a guitar player? <laughs> This keeps going down. You guys can stand with me.
The Lord wants us to have a revelation of his love. I encourage you to go home and to read 1 Corinthians 13 again. Read it again and read it again and read it again and go to a wedding and listen to it again and <laughs> or get married and have it read at your wedding. I don't know. <laughs> All you single folk. I wonder if we had, do we have that at our wedding? I don't know. Pastor Rob did it. I'll have to ask if you remember, you know. No. You don't remember? No, I'm sure. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> I still love you. I see you through the heart of the Lord. No. Our neighbor deserves to be loved. Our mom and our dad, they deserve to be loved. Our siblings, they deserve to be loved. Our coworker, they deserve to be loved. Our coworkers, they deserve to be loved. This world needs a whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. And that love comes from a revelation of love. And love is a person. Love is Jesus. And where does Jesus live? Jesus lives inside of me. So whatever is inside of me should come out of me. And I pray that it's love. <laughs> I, have the, I have the Lord check my heart. Okay, when I'm squeezed, I want love to come out of me. I want love to come out of me. I want to reflect Jesus. We need to reflect Jesus. We're called to love. I really hope this made sense. I'm going to walk away from tonight knowing that the Lord did what he needed to do and he communicated what he wanted me to communicate. And to know that like this is not just going to stop here, but this is going to penetrate deep into our hearts. That this is going to this is going to um, impact our relationships, that this is going to impact our marriages, that this is going to impact the the environment that I cultivate in my home. This is going to impact the atmosphere of my workplace because we are going to have a revelation of what his love looks like. And his love looks like something. His love is incredibly patient. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for sending your one and only son, Jesus, to die for us. That when, when he was hung on that cross, when he was taking those beatings, God, that he was thinking about us. And that is the genuine, the genuine expression of what love is, is the price that Jesus paid for us. the price that he paid for us so that we could be here tonight so that we could experience you so that we could have a revelation of your love help us to not love the same the way that we came in here loving god help us to not love that the same way help us to love greater help us to love more patient help us to not see and to hold records of wrongs Help us to see God through your eyes and through your heart. Help us to love people by the spirit led us, not the flesh us. Help us to love people the way that they deserve to be loved. Help us to represent you well, Jesus. Help us to, re, to re-demonstrate what your love looks like well. 
so that when people see us and then when they encounter us, God, that they would actually, they would feel something different, that they would, that they would wonder what that, what that is. Why did you not lash out on me? That's because of the love of Jesus. Help us to be patient. Help us to be consistent. Help us to be consistently kind to everyone. Burn in us, Lord, a heart that is after your heart, a heart that is close, wanting to be close to you, a heart that is desiring to shatter distance. Burn in us a heart for you. Burn in us a heart for you, Lord. Burn in us your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart. Give us your heart, Lord. Give us your heart. Trust us with your heart. Let us be a pure vessel that you can trust with your heart. I pray, God, that you would give us tonight before we leave this place and as we leave this place and as we go home, a revelation, a life-changing revelation of what your love is, of what your love is. I pray that it wouldn't stop here, Lord. That it wouldn't stop here. We love you. We love you. And we thank you for the honor and the privilege it is to represent you. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.